Jam Session is a podcast where two guys who grew up in Dallas-Fort Worth discuss sports, craft beer, life, and their experiences living in one of America's most vibrant cities. If you love sports, you're going to love this show. If you love craft beer or you're curious about it, you'll love this show. Great conversations with good friends is what Jam Session is all about. Welcome. It's nice to have you here. I hope you enjoy it. I think you will. You're listening to the Jam Session Podcast. I was told that I could listen to the radio at a reasonable volume. With Cowboys insider... What's your name? Jean-Jacques Taylor. That's my name. Radio personality and craft beer expert, Matt McLaren. He's a very strange young man. He's an idiot. Comes from upbringing. And now, the Jam Session Podcast. It is indeed Jam Session. Subscribe, rate, and review. Hang out with us for a while. Right here on the Jam Session Podcast. Sponsored, as always, by Hector Flores with Modern Woodmen of America, a fraternal financial organization. He can help you plan for your family's future. So give Hector a call at 940-453-3490. Also sponsored by Greening Law, a personal injury law firm in Dallas, Texas. Greening Law fights the legal battle so you have time for healing and renewal. But right now, the moment we've all been waiting for has arrived. Ladies and gentlemen, the radio, TV, and now podcast star, the sexy Jean-Jacques Taylor. What up, Doc? I would be the non-sexy one, Matt McLaren, and this, my friends, is Jam Session, the podcast, version 176, asking simply that you prepare to be dazzled. If not entertained. As I imagine you were tonight as the Dallas Cowboys lose. I can't believe they lost. Wait, hold no, they, oh, sorry. I was going through my Twitter and based on the reaction, I, I guess I thought they lost. The Cowboys won. The Cowboys won a football game tonight, 27 to 17 on the road against a solid defense in a tough road environment against the New Orleans Saints to snap a two game losing streak. We've got it all, man. I mean, we're going to roll all through it. We've got thoughts on the offense and the defense on the win and what it means. Several of you, several of you are tweeting in, which is what led me to mistakenly believe they had lost based on your questions and comments. But before we get into all of that, and I've already irritated some of you, I can tell. People are flipping off there. However you listen to this, I don't even know anymore. (laughs) But however you listen into it, give Hector Flores a call. If you have found that you are now in a situation where you would like to start planning for the future and you would like to start putting things away to grow yourself and have a base for your family for the future, Hector is your man with Modern Woodmen of America. He's local. He's easy to get a hold of at 940-453-3490. And he is the guy that can get you set up, man. He can take care of you. He can start putting together that savings plan that seems difficult at first but then over the course of time the next thing you know you've got six months worth of saving and he can help get you out of debt reduce your debt eliminate that debt he has those proven strategies to help you most people man when it comes to money what they need is a game plan or as you said a strategy that that Hector can provide and once you get that once you tell them what your goals are what you want to do what you'd love to do what you dream about doing he can create a plan for you, man. It's just like a diet, man. It's like anything else. Somebody else can create it. All you got to do is follow it. And that, to me, is the simple part. 
It is indeed. It is Hector Flores. Let him help you help get you. Perhaps it is out of debt. Perhaps it's figuring out how to begin saving and starting that process. 940-453-3490. 940-453-3490. Also, of course, the attorneys at Greening Law. If you've been hurt in a car accident, if you've experienced malpractice from a physician or a hospital, perhaps you were even injured on the premises of a business, your first call, like my first call was, I mean, I'm not kidding you. Once I got out of the hospital after I had my car accident, my first call on Monday morning was to Robert Greening and the Green Team at Greening Law. Dude, the thing about the Green Team, man, is it doesn't cost you anything to pick up the phone and make it happen. And after that, man, uh, if they decide to bring you on as a client, if it's a good fit for them, a good fit for you, then hey, they don't get paid unless you get paid. And I always think that's the best thing because then you never have to wonder just how hard they're working for you. Let them be your fierce legal competitor against the insurance company. So truly you can focus on your healing and your renewal. That's what I've been doing for the last four weeks as Greening and his team have been working for me. As Jacques told you, the consultation's free. Give them a call now. 972-934-8900. 972-934-8900. Robert Greening offices dallas texas the cowboys you know it's funny jacques because we talked about this we had edwarder on we had todd archer on we talked about it on our last podcast and i even said i don't care if they win because Taysom hill stepped out of the back of the end zone to give them the win you had to stop the bleeding you had to snap the losing streak you had to get to eight and four and the cowboys did that in a game that for the most part yeah, the Saints kind of hung around longer than they probably should have, but but the Cowboys won the game. It, it's a 10-point win on the road. I think you take it, man. I mean, I don't think um, the Cowboys are in a position to be, once again now, they're, they're not, at one point this season they were, we were okay, let's style point it because we need to see if they're a championship contender. Now it's regather, group, regroup, get yourself together. So we're not style point right now. And that's just all about did you get the dub. If you got the dub, it's a good. Now you can head into a bunch of division games coming up. And, uh, you know, it should be an opportunity to get back on track because the Cowboys are the superior team. It's just will they play superior football. Yeah, and that's kind of what we saw tonight. It was a really interesting start. And, and there's a lot to try to go through this and, and – and you kind of pick and choose, I guess, a little bit. But sure, you know, the first couple of drives again, you look at this and it was a three and uh, three and out right off. You had a, just really good coverage, I thought, by the Saints for the most part, as Dak had a couple of passes that were right there, but were incomplete. The run game obviously wasn't going to get going. Then the second drive, you get the ball back. And this is one where I said, okay, you get in great field position because the Saints missed a long field goal. You're starting at your own 46. And the next thing you know, on third and three, short of the first down, they go fourth and one. And that was the incomplete pass that was behind Lamb. And it looked like open for an easy touchdown. That was the one that Troy pointed out and kind of redid it and said, look, if I'm the quarterback, I'm throwing to the inside as well. To me, that's on C.D. Lamb. Well, yeah, I mean, I was. Um, if you go back and look at the highlight, you can see it's kind of an either or play in terms of which way he looks, and he just looked the wrong way, or he didn't turn his. Love the play design, though. I think it's a play you'll see later. I think it's a play that they'll talk about. I think it's a play they'll hit for a touchdown. Yeah, because in that, I, th- I thought they were going to hit that for a touchdown. I thought it was going to be a touchdown at that point. It wasn't. But the one thing that I liked here is that while the Cowboys' offense 
started off perhaps a little slow. The defense got right to it and kept them in it. I mean, even after that type of play on a fourth and one, they don't get it. The Saints got to where they had a third and seven and had to punt. And then that was the next drive where you had the pass to C.D. Lamb, who picked up 32 on that little bubble screen or whatever that was. You had the insane catch by Michael Gallup in the end zone. And all of a sudden, it's seven to nothing. And you think, okay. Now you got some things going here. And, and then, of course, the Saints go down the field with a couple of big gains of their own and tie the game. And that's when it started to feel like this this was going to be kind of a fight at least for a half, maybe three quarters. Well, yeah, I mean, I expected, um, I f- you know, the thing about the Saints is their defense is good, you know. Yeah. So it's – and their defense is, you know, stops the run. And so they really make you complete passes and make you one-dimensional, which it's always hard to win one-dimensional football, man, even though they've lost four in a row. A lot of that's because their offense is so bad because they're so compromised. And so, you know, um, you know, dude, it was kind of a weird game because they couldn't get untracked. And the Saints' defense was playing good. But the good thing was early on it became apparent that the Cowboys' defense – Got a big boost from Demarcus Lawrence being back. And yeah. They were playing. They were playing really good football, and so to me, it wasn't as big a deal because the defense looked like it was ready to play tonight. Yeah, I really did. And you, and you bring up Tank, and we saw him. There's a couple of times where I wrote in my notes that man, you notice Tank Lawrence is in the game. He had that play, whether it was at the end of the third quarter, or the fourth quarter, where it looked like he had caused a strip sack, and they ended up ruling it an incomplete pass. But make right. no mistake about it, man. I mean that dude. And he's not even all the way back as far as game shape back. And that was a crazy good debut, basically, after having not played, what did he miss, 11 games? 10. 10 games, yeah, 10 games and coming back in. And him and Micah Parsons on the field together, when they get Randy Gregory back, man, that's almost going to be like, okay, pick your poison. Who do you want beating you on this play? Because Micah Parsons is insane. I mean, that, that dude is a cheetah inside of a bear, inside of a great white shark. Dude, I've never quite heard it put like that. I mean, I don't know how else to compare it. He's, he's all kinds of different animals because he's so damn quick. That play that he had when he sacked Taysom Hill, I think Taysom Hill thought, well, yeah, this guy's coming for, oh, my God. Like, like, holy crap. He has, like, blink of an eye explosion in those last couple of steps that guys his size aren't supposed to have. People don't, people don't have bursts like that at that size. And, again, y'all got to remember, he's running a legit 4.39 at 245 pounds. Yeah. 250 pounds. I mean, so he's running as fast as Alvin Kamara or somebody like that, playing linebacker. I mean, it's ridiculous. And so um, – the thing about it to me, though, man, is him and Tank has been like this throughout his career when he's healthy. It's big time players make big plays at big moments. And that's what that was. They need somebody. Can somebody go make a play and kind of stop this drive, hold him to a field goal, maybe, but just stop the momentum here. And then what happens? Michael Parsons shows up on a play that's designed to take advantage of your um, aggressiveness. Yeah. Uh, as, you know, a play action fake rollout, hit the guy in the flat for the first down. Instead, he sniffs it out real quickly, accelerates to the quarterback, drive over. Yeah, the the one thing outside of Micah Parsons and Tank that really stood out to me tonight was that the defense was going to give a little bit. And Taysom Hill can't pass. He's not a good passer. 
I think that, I, that before his brain is thumb. Th- that yeah. obviously played out over the course of the game, and, and his his hand didn't help, as you pointed out. But he's never been like a great passer. I mean, the thing that's one of the reasons why they like to use him as a gadget guy because he can do so many other different types of things. He reminds me a lot of like a Jalen Hurts, and you saw that tonight. His ability to run. There's a couple of times where it's like, oh no. Oh, no, he, they're just going to run Taysom Hill and the Cowboys are going to struggle to stop him. But then it would get to a point, well, we got to pass at some point and it's an interception. And the Cowboys, I mean, you heard that stat at the end of the game, four interceptions in a game for the Dallas Cowboys tonight for the first time in like 11 years. Diggs got another one. He now has nine interceptions and he has a chance to become just the third Cowboy in franchise history to have 10 interceptions in a season. Mel Renfro did it years and years ago and Everson Walls was the last Cowboy to do it. He had 11 picks back in 1981 and Diggs now has nine picks in 12 games. But all in all, man, I mean, it's just guys making plays on the ball and and this defense, you know, it feels like they're a Ben defense, like they'll give up some yardage. And every once in a while, they give up some touchdowns that drive you insane. But, man, they'll make some plays. Well, I mean, that's what the defense has been all about all season. It's been about making plays. Um, because for exactly the reason you said, they'll give up yards. But it's what we talked about, man. Now they actually have playmakers on defense. And as as you get Tank Lawrence back, you're adding another play. You know, because the whole thing has been this is the first year they've had playmakers at every level of the defense. Mm. Defensive line, linebacker, secondary in a long time. And, um, you know, if you look at the turnovers tonight, man, um, you see their playmakers involved. You know, Trayvon Diggs had a pick. Uh, he had his hands on a couple other balls. He actually dropped one tonight, which is the first one that I've seen. Yeah. Like, okay, that was a legit drop uh, of, of, a, of an apparent interception. Um, even the one that KZ got, it's because what? Jordan Lewis, the smallest playmaker on the team, because he's always around the clock, yeah. always around the ball. He gets one. Um, so, you know, and J. Ryan Kirst has been a playmaker for him this year. And who was down there, you know, as part of that mess, it was Micah Parsons. Whether he deflected the ball or, or you know, his coverage was pretty tight that helped lead to the deflection. So their playmakers are getting involved, man. Um, and when you do that, it makes you a better team. And it makes you the kind of team that they are, which is they give up a lot of yards, but they ask their playmakers to shut down drives and get the ball back for the offense. Yeah, and then right at the end of the game to seal it and put it away, that Carlos Watkins play. I mean, that's why I tell you when you're a lineman, put your hands up. And, and it's, you know, it's not like you expect Carlos Watkins to make catches, but Taysom Hill just threw it right into his hands, and he just picked it and rumbled into the end zone for a pick six. I got to tell you, that was an amazing play. One, it was. Caught it. One, because he caught it at close distance. And two, how about the speed, bro? Yeah, man. I mean, he broke away from those dudes. Yeah, for a 300-pounder. And I think he had a fumble recovery earlier in the game. Oh, no, that was the one on uh, Tank Lawrence that got turned. Yeah, it got turned over, yeah. Yeah, but another thing, you know, we've mentioned this a couple times, and you talk about the playmakers and how they have them now. Three of the four interceptions tonight came from dudes who weren't on the team last year, and both their sacks came from dudes who weren't on the team last year, and Micah Parsons and Keanu Neal. And these guys that they've brought in, we've kind of talked about this before, they did such a good job of overturning this defense, and the guys they brought in – have all found ways to make plays this year, it feels like. That's the thing, man, that you got to love. Because, and a lot of that is, um, you know, your boy uh, Dan Quinn had his fingerprints on it, man. Yeah. Because when they hired him, it was all about, well, these are the types of players I need. 
There's uh, players like this available in free agency that fit my scheme. Maybe you've heard of them, maybe you haven't, but for what I want to do, they're really nice fits. And then when you throw in, uh, you know, I got a couple guys in Atlanta I think can help. You know, it's all, um, you know, it all fits together, bro. And it's been a reason. They had to make the change because defense last year was trash and the coordinator was trash. Uh, this year has been obviously a lot better. And guess what, people? They'll make some changes in the offseason and try to make it better next year. And it's interesting because, in, in you know, I put up on Twitter and I asked you guys, do you have any questions that you wanted Jacques and I to talk about? And multiples of you, as we're talking about the defense here, like your guy, Predator H2O, asked this question. I was trying to find, I think it might have been Gary and a couple of others as well. Oh, Matthew Parker asked this question. And it's all basically wrapped around the idea has a rookie ever won defensive player of the year? Like, as Matthew says, I don't see how Parsons doesn't if he keeps this up. And, and they kind of talked about that. He, he's got defensive rookie of the year in the bag. That, he's already won that award. Defensive player of the year is a different level. And, and let's keep in mind, man, I mean, Miles Garrett still is leading the league with 14 sacks and has been a beast. TJ Watts right behind him with 12 sacks, and he's only played in nine games. I think Mike is in the conversation. I'll be really curious to see how many votes he gets, but I don't – who knows? I mean, he could finish these last five games with multiple sacks and throw himself up in there. I think he might be in the conversation. I don't think he's quite defensive player of the year this year. No, I don't think so. But, again, you know, when you're talking about it, you're talking about a signature moment. You know, uh, in a big game, can you have a signature moment? And, um, you know, if you can, then you got a shot to win it. Uh, but you got to have that signature moment in a big game. And then the team needs to uh, continue to do well, um, you know, because Cowboys, so you're going to get a lot of attention anyway. If they, what are they working now? Eight and four? Yeah, eight and four. If, if they can get to uh, 12 and five and, you know, he continue to put up the numbers and then against, as we said, against Arizona, have a moment against Kyler Murray or the Cardinals, then yeah, dog, he can do it. Yeah, and, and for those that are wondering, and I don't know if somebody else has, but I know for a fact, Lawrence Taylor did win it as a rookie. And See, dude, I was I literally have my computer on Lawrence Taylor because that's the name that popped in my head. Yeah. I was like, I think he did it. Yeah, because he had won, as I recall, he won Defensive Player of the Year the first two years he was in the league and then won it again a couple of years later, whenever that was. But I know I, he won Defensive Player of the Year and Defensive Rookie of the Year when he came in the league originally – 81 82 right in that range somewhere around there but he won both those awards so we have seen it done before and who knows maybe this is the next lawrence taylor i mean this dude i mean this guy is freaky good dude i mean he's um i mean he's got the perfect body to be a big time linebacker and to me what it's all about is he's got the perfect attitude man that to me is what uh, is what it's all about because you know he talks about wanting to be great mm -hmm. he talks about um you know it doesn't matter where you put me i'm a dog i play anywhere it doesn't matter um and you know i love the fact that during the bye week he's like ah, i've been good but i haven't been as good as i need to be mm -hmm. let me let me come in earlier and see if that changes things up for him and since then man i think he's had a sack in five straight games and he's been a beast and uh dude he's uh he's got everything you want in a guy who looks like he's going to be a star. He Come has indeed. Yeah, man. And so, yeah, I, I just confirmed it was 1981. Lawrence Taylor won both Rookie of the Year and Defensive Player of the Year on the defensive side for the Giants. And then 
Luke Keekley won Defensive Rookie of the Year and then won pl- Defensive Player of the Year in his second year. Because I was like, man, that, that's right around when he came into the league. So maybe there's somebody else has done it, but I'd have to go and, and look it up. But I knew Lawrence Taylor had. But as we continue, we got, we got to get into the offense and have that conversation. Because all in all, the defense tonight, I thought, played a very solid game. And, and yeah, that 70-yard touchdown right at the end, I think maybe they were like, oh, this game's in the bag. And, you know, they missed multiple tackles. And you're like, really? Because before that... If you take away that last 70-yard play with two minutes left that made it 27-17, you know, while this was still a game, they only gave up 330 yards to the Saints. And for the most part, I mean, four takeaways, hit Taysom Hill quite a bit. I thought it was a pretty damn good defensive performance from the Cowboys tonight. No, it was. I mean, mean, dude, you get three sacks, you get four turnovers. I mean, come on. Um, they basically, I mean, if you're going to keep it real, they basically went to a gimmick offense to beat you, which is yeah. the Taysom Hill run the ball uh, out of, you know, every different formation we can come up with because he can't throw it and none of your other running backs in a traditional offense were having any success. So sometimes, you know, they go the trick them route when you've dominated them as much as the Cowboys did early. But if you want something really good, I might suggest you to, to check out some Biltong. And, and head on over to bruisebiltong.com, B-R-U-S, biltong.com. Use the promo code JAM15. You get 15% off your order. It's like beef jerky, but it is a traditional South African air-dried meat. And I know both you and I love this, man. I mean, I, I am just chowing through bags of biltong. And one of the reasons why I love it is because it's zero sugar. There's no artificial ingredients. And you can get these little two-ounce snack bags that are 240 calories and 30 grams of protein, which for me is like the perfect not too filling, but just enough high-protein post-workout food, which is when I usually eat it. No, it's it's great. I like it for my middle of the day snack. Had some today for just that reason. I'm hungry. I don't either have the time or don't want to cook a regular meal. Oh, and my go-to is let me get uh, two or three handfuls, mm-hmm. some sliced uh, biltong. Let me throw it back, wash it down with some Waterloo sparkling water, and keep it moving, bro. Yeah, it's easy to do, man. I mean, the guy that started this, it's a South African dude who who now lives over here, obviously. And he just started, he was making it for his friends. His friends liked it so much, he decided, well, maybe I'll try to start a company. And so he's just kind of pursuing his dream. And it's really, really good. I'm telling you, if you like beef jerky, you will love Biltong. It's Bruise Biltong. Make sure you get it right. B-R-U-S-B-I-L-T-O-N-G.com. Promo code JAM15 to check out and you get 15% off your order. Also, of course, Blue Star Motor Group specializing in superior quality. Those Carfax certified pre-owned vehicles of all makes and models. I'm serious when I tell you guys this, and, and we like to joke and have fun sometimes about our sponsors because they're fun and they're great people. But the reality of it is, if you're not calling and checking with Blue Star Motor Group before you make your next car purchase, then you're just throwing away money. You got to get them in the conversation to see what they can do for you. And it's easy to do. You can call Deb or text her 817-881-4066, 817-881-4066. You got to at least check in. No, I mean, I think uh, that's what smart people would do, because with Deb and Mike, man, it's all about a win-win situation, man. Uh, when, the, when the contracts are signed and the handshakes are done, you drive off. They want you to feel good about the deal you just made. And it doesn't matter whether you're buying a car from them 
or selling your car. They just want you to feel good about the situation. Man, and they've got so many different vehicles. They're about to unveil a 2017 Nissan Titan for under $37,000, and that thing has less than 48,000 miles on it. They're about to have a 2018 Toyota Tacoma TRD coming up on their website for under $39,000. So again, check them out. This, it's a fantastic selection, and if you don't see exactly what it is you're looking for, give her a call because she'll set about trying to find, because they work with people all over the place, to find that deal just for you. Her name's Deb, her husband Mike at Blue Star Motor Group, online at bluestarmotorgroup.com or at 817-881-4066. And as we move forth here, uh, this is interesting to me because offensively, I get it. There's a lot of frustration with the offense from tonight. I mean, a lot, a lot, a lot, a lot of frustration. And it's interesting because I thought for the most part that Dak was okay. I didn't think he was superior tonight. I thought he had some damn good throws. The problem to me is this offensive line and the amount of pressure that all of a sudden Dak seems to be in. There's a lot of the times where he's getting hit when he's throwing, which I think is causing him to feel a little hesitant at times. And then obviously, I mean, you take away, and granted, it was a kick-ass run. And, and Kellen Moore finally is like, hmm, maybe we shouldn't run between the tackles. And they try a toss play to run outside, and, and Pollard's like, pew, for 58 yards. But still, you take away that 58-yard run, they had 88 yards on their other 23 carries. Well, you should also take away CeeDee Lamb's 33 because that's okay. really a wide receiver hitch. Yes. That, that wouldn't even that wouldn't even reserve a reverse. That was just a lateral because he threw it a yard behind the line of scrimmage and he was uh, you know, outside. He yeah, so take that there. away and they had fifty five yards on their other twenty two carries. Yeah, you can read about that in the Dallas Morning New Grades up there. <laughs> and that's that's <laughs> shitty, man. You that that is for whatever reason. And I don't know what it is, but this offensive line and this Cowboys run game, and it's not just Zeke, guys. Pollard does that. He had that explosion. But again, up until that play, Pollard wasn't getting anything done until they designed a play where it was blocked finally. That's what blew my mind is they blocked on the damn play. Well, it was a perfect – I mean, it was a perfectly blocked play. Yeah, but even then, um, you know, it was almost disrupted for like a five-yard loss. Yeah. If, uh, I, for, I forget if 17 – uh, doesn't get just a couple hands on the uh, defensive lineman who burst through right there. Uh, but it all is a well, to me, man, it's a bigger thing of while Zeke is hurt, this is why you need to get Tony Pollard the ball because, you know, he had a 100-yard kickoff return last week in addition to a 30-yard run. I think he had a 30-yard run the week before. He's got the 58-yard day. He's a big play guy. That's what he does. And while Zeke is hampered and compromised, you should take advantage of them by giving it to the guy who can make the biggest plays. See, and that's, that's I think, where the, the big amount of frustration comes in is the fact it is obvious that Zeke Elliott is not right. I mean, that one scamper that he had for like eight yards or whatever, it, he ran like how I run when my knee bothers me. <laughs> I'm serious. I looked at him and was like, oh, his knee's bothering him. And then that was right after that. They go to the sideline, and Christina Pink was talking about how Zeke has admitted that his knee gets tightened up during the games. Like, that looked like a guy with a tight knee to me. And I know, because that's how I run when my knee feels like that. Like, it's this weird hitch that you have, because, and I don't know how to really explain it, but you just feel it in your knee, and you can't quite, it's not as fluid and loose as your other knee. It's, it's, it's an odd thing, and that's exactly what Zeke looked like on that, except I'm 42 and Zeke's in his 20s. <laughs> I was like, dude, he's running with old man knee. 
Well, no, that's what he looked like, man. And it's, uh, you know, I'm sure at the end of the year he'll have it uh, some kind of a surgical procedure to clean it up or whatever mm-hmm. it is. But right now, man, it's clear that they've told him you can't really hurt it anymore. It's, you know, you just got to deal with it, fight through it and, and, you know, do the best that you can. But the problem to me is if that's going to be the case, then do we want Tony Pollard getting seven carries? Because that's what he had tonight. No, you want to get more. Because I was just looking at Zeke, 13 for 45. Right. Um, Pilot 7 for 71. Um, you know, they talked about getting – early in the year, I think they had the perfect balance. But guess what they were doing early in the year? They are running the ball better so the balance could be better. Um, you know, and to me, that's the thing, man. You're trying to get it – if you can have enough offensive success, then you can get everybody the touches that you want. Because, uh, trust me, Pilot needs to be up around 15 a game maybe 18 17 now but again you know it's uh it's it's just how it works out sometimes how much of that do you think is the ability of zeke and what he does in the past game as far as picking up blitzes and stuff oh i think that plays a definite role and they threw the ball 40 times tonight and so you know if you went back and looked at it he might have been on the field quite a bit when they were passing just to make sure the right the right blitzes get picked up and the right blocking is done um and that's okay you know you know it doesn't bang his knee to do that i would just say if you're trying to get more explosion out of the running game right now why it's compromised man and i wrote a column about it this week in the dallas morning news um this is the time to go with tony pollard yeah, and I was, after watching Zeke tonight, and, and again, like you said, maybe it's one of those things where they're like, look, it doesn't matter. You can rest them. It's still going to be this way. It, it's, it's a surgery thing. And there, because there had been some talk, and I know Ed and I think Todd had reported it as well, this whole idea that they might sit him tonight so that he could have that extended break. And at this point, you wonder, like you said, maybe it's just one of those things where rest doesn't even matter. It, it's you can have surgery and your season's over or you can play with it and we'll deal with it at the end of the year. Yeah, I mean, I think it's somewhere in that in that ballpark, uh, because as long as they tell him you can't really hurt it anymore, then, you know, he's just going to do what's required. Yeah, but it, it's it's obvious that there's some problems and the offensive line, too, to me, because there were times tonight, you know, the interception that Dak had when he got hit in the face. And they didn't call it, which who cares? I mean, I, so what if you don't call the penalty? But I would imagine getting hit in the face, it wasn't a good throw anyway. And I don't know how much that influenced how poor that throw was. I don't know that if he hadn't gotten hit in the face that he doesn't throw a pick anyway. And there were a couple of times, there's a couple of times, it was that one we already talked about. And then there was the other one on that one at the end of the game in the fourth quarter on the third down where he just threw it and missed Lamb. And it looked like, again, they had miscommunicated. Like, they they just weren't on the same page. Yeah, that looked like a miscommunication because CD looked back for the ball. Like, right, like, like oh, I didn't you, know you were throwing it there. And, and then Dak thought, well, I thought you were going to cut up. Yeah, so, you know, a lot of those are option routes, man. And mm-hmm. um, it, they hit them so often that we forget that they're option routes. And so you've got to read – whether it's man, whether it's zone, is it cover two, is it cover three, what cover is it? Because that determines what option route that you take. See, that's the stuff that'll drive me nuts with people on Twitter where like one guy tweets at me and, and goes, oh, so much for Dak being elite. They give him the ball for a chance to close out the game and all he does is throw in completions. It's like uh, one was a great defensive play when he was hit as the ball was being released. And then the other one was when C.D. Lamb, to me, CD Lamb probably ran the wrong route and Dak threw it to where he thought he was supposed to go and it was a miscommunication. I don't know how. I mean, 
what are we talking about here? Like, it's just not as simple as, oh, it's incompletion. Sometimes it is, but not in that, not in that instance. Yeah, people have their own truth when it comes to, uh, you know, stuff like Dak in the game. And so, it, uh, to me, it, you know, it just is what it is. I don't get too caught up in it. And you shouldn't either. Uh, eat some Bill Tong and chill out. <laughs> I, I know, right? Which, I mean, to be fair, I responded to the guy. I just said, cool. Because, see, I'd already gone back and forth with him before. I was like, I'm done. Like, we're never going to agree on this. So, what's the point? And, and it, it is interesting, though, because here are some of the comments that I've heard from. And these are all kind of the offensive comments. Uh, still not very good. This team is so shaky, they can't be trusted. Something is wrong with Dak. Can't play like this and expect to win in January. Stop using Zeke. This offense is broken. Those are all a variety of comments from individuals on Twitter. And my whole thing coming into this was get a win. You got five games left. You're eight and four. The season, most people will tell you, the season begins after Thanksgiving. To me, you're 1-0 after Thanksgiving. You're 1-0 in December. You've got two against Washington. You've got the Giants in Philly, and then you've got Arizona. If you just take care of your division and lose to Arizona, this is a 12-5 and team. And I'll take that. Everybody would take that. You do that, your hand's down in the playoff with the home playoff game. You're not going to be the one seed. And right now, I don't think that you're the one seed anyway. But give yourself a home playoff game and give yourself an opportunity. Maybe you win a playoff game and see what happens. You never. This is just... It, I, it's like we asked, we had this conversation with Ed Werder, who's been doing it for forever, as you know, Jacques, and we all just kind of kicked it around, like, who scares you? And I said, who's the best team in the N- NFC? He said, Green Bay. He said, outside of that, even Arch. Arch is like, who scares you? In the NFC, what team is it that you think the Cowboys can't beat? Well, I, I mean, I think if we if we being honest, um, if, you, if you see them in the playoffs, ain't nobody trying to see. I don't want to play Green Bay. I was going to say, ain't nobody trying to see Green Bay at Lambeau in January because that's, uh, that's more than a notion, man. I've had enough of them in my playoff life. <laughs> I mean, the only way I want to see them is if that's what it has to be in the NFC Championship game. But I, I yeah. sure as hell don't want to see them, and I don't think you'll see them in the first round. I don't want to be going to Lambeau for another freaking divisional round playoff game. Exactly. I'm not handling that. At least let it be the NFC title game before Aaron Rodgers rips your heart out and giggles while he discount double checks it. <laughs> I can't handle. I cannot is he, handle. Is he still doing that with his COVID toe? I don't. <laughs> I don't know, man. I can't handle Aaron Rodgers. I can't handle another playoff game with him unless they just smoke him. And Micah Parsons snacks, sacks him at one point and tears his head off and doesn't realize Aaron Rodgers' head actually got torn off with the helmet, then maybe I would be okay with it. That's pretty violent, bro. <laughs> I watch a lot of movies. What do you want from me? All right. Before we continue, because I did want to get several of you have kind of tweeted in some questions that I wanted to go through, which I thought would be fun. But let's tell you about Freeway Tire Shop. JR and his crew, man, they are killing it. Jacques takes all of his cars over there. If you're looking for a mechanic you can trust who's going to stand behind his work and is going to do exactly what he tells you it is, JR at Freeway Tire Shop, his guys, that is where you need to take your vehicles. Hey, I'm trying to take my, uh, my Honda over there in the next uh, couple of days, bro, because the check engine light popped on. And, um, you know, the reason I take it, bro, is, is for one, it's actually for a few reasons, but the main one is I trust JR. And why is it that I trust him? Because one, I trust him to diagnose why the check engine light came on and tell me what's up. Then I, um, I expect him to use and I trust him to use, how about this, Matt? Quality parts to fix whatever the problem is. 
trust him to give me a fair price, which he's always done, and then I trust him to stand behind his work. I don't really think that's asking too much, but you'd be surprised how many mechanics, how many people in any line of business don't do all four of those things. JR does them for me, he does them for Matt, he does them for anybody who rolls through and needs some help. No doubt, man, and he'll talk Jam Session podcast with you too, so let him know when you come by that you're a part of the Jam Session family. He's going to get you set up. It is Freeway Tire Shop, just north of downtown Dallas off 35, online at freewaytireshop.com. Schedule your appointment, request your quote. Also, of course, Aaron and his guys at HFX Foundation Solutions. It's one of those things, man, if, if you... If you need some help, if you've started to notice some cracks, it's a free, no obligation inspection. And they're going to come out and they're going to go through their process. Maybe you're totally cool and he'll let you know. Maybe you do have a problem. If that's the case, they have third party financing to help you get through this. They'll be with you every step of the way. The earlier you catch it, the better when it comes to foundation problems. And that's because um, to me, bro. Well, let me put it like this. Everybody who has a house and wants to avoid foundation problems, the reason why we call it colonoscopy for your house is that this is the clean checkup, man. If you go through this and you got no problems, pop some bottles. You're good for a long time. But if they find something and, and um, it needs to be fixed, chances are, odds are, Aaron and his team have found it before it gets to the disaster stage. And what you spend now to get it fixed is a heck of a lot less than what you'd spend later. It's 817-770-0174. They are A-rated with the Better Business Bureau, HFX Foundation Solutions, online at hfxfoundation.com. Let Aaron and his guys get over there and check it out for you. So let's go through some of these questions. Now, some of you are asking some version of essentially the same question, so I kind of paraphrased. But Craig and a couple of others, some version of... Should we be concerned about some DAC regression? I don't think so. I mean, you know, nobody ever wants to hear this, but it's true. Um, One is human, which means, you know, in the course of a 17 game schedule, he'll have four or five games where he's the best quarterback in the league. And he'll have four or five games where, uh, you know, he's almost the best quarterback in the league. And then he'll have a clunker. And I'll have two or three where he's kind of uh, kind of an average performance. But that's why it's a 17-game season. Over the course of a 17-game season, you'll take Dak over most guys in the NFL because of his production and his talent. I thought today he had multiple throws that he made that he hadn't been making in recent weeks. I thought he was fine today. I, I, I just didn't see some of the problem. Like somebody tweeted in and, and said something about, looks like he has a problem with his right calf or something. I was like, What? Uh, Like to me, again, most quarterbacks in the NFL, if you don't allow them time to step up in the pocket and throw, the throw is not going to be as solid as they want it to be. If they get hit when they throw, it's not going to be as solid as they want it to be. And that happened a couple of times tonight. Dak got under pressure. He got hit when he threw. He threw one to Gallup for a first down on the sideline where he ran and escaped pressure and threw across his body and threw a laser. He threw a dart to CD for a first down that, I mean, you couldn't have Dude, frozen time yeah, and, and placed the ball in his hands better. The one, that he th- tonight. the one that he threw to Gallup in the end zone that Gallup made a great catch on, Dak put it where only Michael Gallup could catch the ball. And sometimes in the NFL, you do that. You, you say, you're covered well. If I put it here, I believe you can go up and make a play on the ball. And, and Gallup did. 
Dak made some really nice throws tonight. Did he miss a couple? Yes. The problem with me for Cowboys fans is they'll point to the really the four bad throws, like the interception, and just ignore the 15 really damn good throws he had and be like, oh, there's a problem with Dak. Well, you know, that's, that's – uh, dude, that's human nature, man, to bitch and moan about the other stuff and ignore the complimentary stuff or ignore the good stuff because you're so focused on the bad stuff uh, because you want perfection. Uh, when none of us are perfect at our job every day <laughs> – but we require it from other people. So give it a rest. Dak was terrific tonight. Um, I, I was just looking at the, at the final numbers, man. And uh, he's 26 out of 40, 238. One TD, one interception, 80 passer rating. Um, he's been better. But, again, on a day where you don't have any running game, it can get a little tricky, man. He got hit seven times. Um, but, hey, and then, you know, I don't know how much Amari Cooper played either. He made a couple big plays, but I don't know how much he played. It'll be interesting to see a snap chart uh, tomorrow. Yeah, it will. He Like, I didn't notice him out there very much either. And again, it's not like the Saints are some just crappy offense or defense. I mean, this is a solid no, defense, defense, man. <laughs> Like a really solid defense when you look at it, I mean, coming in. So all in all, I I thought that Dak was fine tonight. I I didn't have any problems with Dak tonight. Uh, One of the other questions that we're getting, and again, I mean, I'm talking no fewer than 10 of you tweeted in some version of this question. Craig, Victor, Josh, Brad, I just got one from Mike, Paul, and it's some form of, is it time to have Zeke take a couple of weeks off? When will Tony Pollard take the first snap? We kind of talked about that a little bit uh, previously where we answered some of that. And again, like we debated on the injury part of it, if it's one of those things that rest doesn't matter and it's just you got to play with the pain, Zeke is what Zeke's going to be. But they're going to have to recognize it like you were talking about, Jacques, and, and, and get Tony Pollard the ball. That has to be something that Kellen Moore and Mike McCarthy sit down and make a choice to put him on the field more. No, you have to. Just because right now, while Zeke is compromised, he's just a better, more explosive player. And that's what we're talking about. I mean, he's a potential touchdown every time he touches the ball. So if you just play the odds, man, if you give him the ball – and again, we you know, however you give it to him, touching it, uh, you know, carries, catches, it doesn't really matter. If you can get it to him 15 times a game, that's a good number for him, man. I agree. More than seven, that's for sure. And in reality of it being, you know, tonight, and they mentioned this during the broadcast, so I went and looked at it. That 58-yard run by Tony Pollard was the first time since 2017 the Cowboys have had a long run, have had a run longer than 47 yards. That's five seasons ago when Alfred Morris had a 70-yard run against the Rams on October 1st. They now have 11 runs in the last five seasons of 35 or more yards. Tony Pollard has four of those. Zeke has three. I think Alfred Morris had two and a couple other random dudes like Rod Smith had one. But the point being, Tony Pollard is the explosion back. And to me, if you know that that potential is there for him to explode 35, 40, 58 yards at any given time, you have to give somebody like that a little bit more of an opportunity. No, I mean, to me, it's common sense. Now, you are working with a lot of dynamics. You're working with, well, Zeke's been the guy. You don't want to piss him off. You don't want to do all this other stuff. And I'm not saying it as a negative because Zeke has been like, Tony Pollard's really good. When I, There's yeah. no drop-off when I'm out of the game. 
I'm talking about as a coaching staff, those are the types of things you take into consideration because you don't want to create drama where none exists. Now, a couple of the other ones, like Mike, for instance, a light needs to be shined on the OC and the scheme. Our run game has been figured out. Johnny kind of echoed that. Offense seems out of sync. Is it too many moving parts have been in and out? Last six games, not very good. How do we get it back on track? I mean, again, it's a few of you others as well. Some form of that question expressing like Maury and Eric and a couple of others. What's happened to the offense? Well, I think um, a lot of it is the running game, man. And the running game, how do you, how do you decide that it's the running game? If you decide it's the backs, you know, because Zeke has been hurt. If you decide it's the offensive line because Lyle Collins has somehow turned from a, you know, a guy who we thought would be a star to, you know, a guy who's just a guy who will probably get cut next year. Um, you know, even if you include the tight ends like Dalton Schultz, who typically does a poor job blocking in space. Um, it doesn't really matter. The key is you got to pinpoint the reason for the for the run game drop off and fix it. Because when this offense is balanced, like they were early in the year when they said, it doesn't matter what you take away, we can kill you with the other thing. Mm-hmm. They were the best offense in the league statistically and the eye test. Right now, they're the best offense in the league statistically, but they ain't the best when you put the eye test on them. Yeah, there's no doubt, man. I mean, I, <laughs> absolutely no doubt they're not the best. And I agree with you. I mean, and that's something they just got to sit down and figure out. And, and who knows? Maybe having like this mini buy. And I do think, do you think it's weird that with, just because Mike McCarthy has COVID, with all the technology we have available to us today, that they don't allow somebody to coach from like an isolated booth or something? Yeah. Um, like, and, and like yeah. he, because, you know, they were saying like he ha- he cannot communicate with the team. Once they get to an hour and a half before the game, he can't communicate with them anymore. Yeah, he's trying to give them their pep talk and stuff uh, on Zoom uh, before before the hour and a half kicked in. And I need a deeper explanation on that. I'm sure it has something to do with some technology thing, and we don't want you to have some advantage that, that the other team doesn't have. Like maybe you get a false idol stout. You know, and Maybe you do because you're, you're, you know, you're somewhere at the crib and everybody else can't get one. So you got superior beer. So your play calling is better. So you win. I don't know. I want, I just wonder about that. I was like, we have all this technology. We have no problem putting dudes up in the booth where they can see everybody on the field, but you can't allow the coach to have his own little secure area or something or to coach from a room at the complex. I, I, I don't know. It, it just, I don't know what that would be because as soon as the plays are over, they all go to the sidelines and, and read through all the plays anyway. Exactly. So I don't know. I don't know what that is, but yeah, maybe you could find something out because I thought, I, I just thought that was odd. Like yeah, I knew he couldn't coach, but I didn't realize that the communication cutoff was 90 minutes before the game. Well, you know, the NFL is always paranoid about what coaches are doing, what players are doing, what spy techniques are being used. And so to me, it's probably over the top NFL stuff, but it'd be good to find out for sure. Yeah, so make that happen, I guess. And we'll see if we can figure that out. But, you know, it's funny because that, I mean, we got all kinds of responses. And it's awesome, man, to see how many of you guys have tweeted in. Literally, almost every single question is dealing with one of the topics that we just covered. So if we didn't directly say your name and answer your question, chances are you asked a question that fell under the umbrella of like those three or four, which is just kind of wild, man, except for Mike. Because Mike goes, how did you guys feel about Watkins pick six at the end? 
Nice. I know. I was like, <laughs> I was excited, man. I was like, hell yeah, that's badass. I think it's awesome. Anytime you see a big 300 pound plus lineman, just like running for his life down the field, hoping to God he gets to taste the end zone. Dude, but that see, Watkins showed a lot of speed on that. Play. He did, man. Like I was never to me, even though Taysom Hill was chasing him, I never thought he was going to get caught. I thought he was going to make it easy. Yeah. And he did. I agree. So, I mean, all in all, to me, this is, like I said, just get the win. And they got the win, guys. They are eight and four. And they kind of talked about it a little bit after the game. Like Greg Olson had like a boner for Washington. I, I, don't, I don't know if you saw like right after the game ended and they went to the guys like Jay Glazer and Curtin them back in L.A. or wherever they are. And Greg Olson was like, you know, I mean, the Cowboys, Washington wins this game. You could be playing for the division next week. I was like, Greg, calm down. Well, I think that's probably uh, your boy being a Ron Rivera fan from all his time in Carolina. No, that's and, true. And uh, trying to root on Washington because he wants uh, Rivera to do well. That's now, my psychoanalysis of it. I mean, reality of it is Washington, who, of course, has not played their 12th game, which they will play on Sunday against the Raiders. If Washington can win on the road against L.A., then they would be 6-6. Six and six. They are two games behind Dallas with that game next week. If Dallas wins that game, Dallas would have a three-game divisional lead with four games to play, but essentially it would be more than that because they would have that head-to-head tiebreaker, which would force Washington to have to beat the Cowboys two weeks after that. But the Cowboys could wrap up the division if they win their next two. Yeah, man, but, you know, uh, we've talked about this all year with these various scenarios and this or that, and I'm just always like... You know, if you win the next game, dog, <laughs> you don't have to worry about it um, because the wins will take care of themselves if you play good football. The Cowboys are good enough. If they play good football, the wins will take care of themselves. They don't even have to get caught up in it. Just play good, clean football, and the dubs will come. Yeah, because, you know, when you look at the division of doom, Green Bay plays the Bears this week. The Falcons are hosting Tampa. You kind of expect Tampa and Green Bay are going to get a win. And then you look at Arizona, who's nine and two, and they play the Bears. So I guess I was wrong. Packers are on a bye. That's right. Sorry. Packers play the, the Bears the week after this one. They're on a bye. So you kind of expect that Arizona and Tampa will keep winning. And, and that's what Dallas has to do, man. Keep pace in the NFC. I don't care what the score is or who you beat. I don't know. Oh, they're not any good. They didn't beat blah, blah, blah. Who cares? Beat who you got to play. And that's what they did tonight with a big win, an important win. And they had to get it. So before we move forth, just real quick, you were mentioning false idol. And man, those guys over there in North Richland Hills, you talk about slaying it with some local craft beer, whether it's a stout or a hazy IPA. They've got two beers that are releasing. Most of you listening to this on Friday, December 3rd, they release on Friday, December 3rd, the Stario Brothers Oak Fermented Pilsner, which is absolutely phenomenal. I've had it before. If you haven't had it, I would, I mean, my God, you can crush that beer. It's super light and easy. (laughs) And they also have their new one, Let Me Fly. It's a New England double IPA, double dry hopped with Citra, Simcoe, and Mosaic. You talk about some classic hops. That means that that beer right there is going to give you a little bit of a citrus tropical kick and is going to have some dankness on it because that Simcoe and that Mosaic coming through on the back, that is going to be damn good. Those are the two new beers this week available only at False Idol. They will have it on draft. They will have it in cans. And don't forget, as always, on Mondays, if you have time, swing by on Monday 
because their beer is 15% off to go on Monday. So keep that in mind if you can't get over there this weekend. Also, of course, I know many of you are doing your holiday shopping. It was funny. Somebody was asking us the other day, hey, have, have you guys uh, knocked out your Christmas shopping yet? And we were like, uh. We haven't even started. What are you talking about? Bro. <laughs> I, don't, I don't know, man. I guess technically I've, I've gotten a couple of things, but a couple of them were by accident, but I can't talk about it because people listen to the podcast who they might be for. Right. Well, I ain't bought nothing, so don't feel bad. Yeah. So I don't even know. I, I don't even know. It's one of those things where I'm just going to buy stuff I think is cool and give it to people. If they don't like it, then at least I'll be like, oh, I'll take it back. It's the thought that counts. Yeah, exactly. I was thinking of you when I bought this game for myself. And my mom will be like, I don't have a PlayStation. I'll be like, what? Ah, sorry, mom. I'll take that game from you. But if if that's the case, and this, I feel like my my lady friend is a phenomenal gift giver, and I am not a phenomenal gift giver. And if you You feel like you are in my boat, I would direct you to KinleyRose.com. It's this online women's boutique. Even if you're a dude and, and you're like, what? I don't, I mean, what am I going to get there? You can get a gift certificate, get a gift card from KinleyRose.com and just put it in your lady's stocking and be like, hey, this is this new, it's, it's trendy, fashionable stuff. I didn't really know which to get for you, but I thought, hey, check it out. Here's a gift card. Go knock yourself out. <laughs> dude, if you ain't got something specific in mind, obviously the best way to go. I'm telling you, it's K-I-N-L-E-Y Rose, KinleyRose.com. It is a new online women's boutique. So check them out. Swing by and and see ladies. I know we have a lot of female listeners. Maybe there's something there for you. Attainable style without sacrificing comfort. And if you use the promo code JAMSESSION10, you get 10% off your first order at KinleyRose.com. So check them out. It'll make a great stocking. Those gift, I'm telling you, gift certificates and gift cards are the way to go. It takes Absolutely. all, and you let them pick it out and you're like, hey, you know what? I thought you would like something from this store, but I didn't know exactly what. You go find what you really wanted and I got it for you. It's the thought that counts. Yeah, that's what they say until it ain't. <laughs> God, that's the truth, man. Jeez. So check it out, man. KinleyRose.com. I wanted to, before we wrap up this podcast, as we come to our Cowboys conclusion, I wanted to just touch base real quick on college. But again, the Cowboys are off this weekend. So Jacques and I will have a Sunday podcast and, and we'll start the process as the Cowboys get back to their normal schedule after these back to back Thursday games. And they do have the 10 days off. They don't play again until it's another noon kick. They have two noon games coming up. And yeah, baby. you've got back-to-back noon games. Next kick will be December 12th. They play Washington the second time at home on Sunday night after Christmas. I still have a feeling that Cardinals game on January 2nd is going to get flexed to Sunday night. I wouldn't, that wouldn't shock me. It's going to be probably the biggest game of the year at home field could be in line could Kyle be Murray from Dallas yeah they wouldn't I mean I would expect it to get but we'll see we'll see how it goes but college football this is it this is the weekend on Sunday you and I will be talking about the playoff because we will know probably sometime Sunday evening who is going to the college football playoff the first game of the weekend is Baylor and Oklahoma State it's the 11 a.m. kick for the Big 12 title at AT&T Stadium in Arlington. 
They've played already this season. Oklahoma State won 24 to 14. They're a 10 and a half point favorite in this one. If Oklahoma State wins this game, they'll go to the playoff. If Baylor wins this game, it's going to get really interesting. Baylor would have to make a monumental jump to get from nine to four, but it is possible depending on how everything else plays out. You've got Alabama and Georgia, number one against number three at three o'clock on CBS. They're playing in Atlanta. If Alabama loses a close one, depending on how the other game goes, like if Baylor were to beat Oklahoma State and Alabama lost a close one, I I still think Alabama gets in. Alabama will get in if Iowa, Houston, or Baylor wins. All right. Even if they win or lose. Now, obviously, if they win, they're in. Georgia's already in, so it doesn't matter. Houston and Cincinnati. Cincinnati favored by 10.5. That game at their home stadium in Cincinnati. I have a hard time believing Cincinnati screws this up at this point. Nah, I wouldn't think so, man. Home field advantage, playoff on the line. If you can't get to this one, bro, you'll never get it. Yeah, and if they win, if they win, they're in. They'll be in if they win. And then it's Michigan and Iowa, and, and this is the, the night game, the 7 o'clock kick on Fox in Indianapolis. I just wonder, because Iowa's offense is horrible. I mean, my God, they're bad. Somehow that Iowa team has only lost two games because their defense gets a ton of takeaways and is really, really good. I just wonder if Michigan blew it all on Ohio State. Because they're a better team. They're a better team than Iowa. But you just wonder, all that emotion and everything that they experienced finally getting over the hump against Ohio State last week, I don't know. You just wonder if this is one of those games that sets up for an emotional letdown. That, uh, that's a really good point, man. That wouldn't, that wouldn't shock me. Here's the problem, though, to me, and you'll laugh when I tell you this. College football games are so long yeah. that you can sleepwalk through two quarters and be like, oh, shoot, let's, let's wake up during this 45-minute halftime and go take care of business during the uh, last three hours of the game here. Yeah, man. And I mean, they are a better team. That leads this for me where I, I really feel like Michigan and Cincinnati are going to win and they'll both get in. And then it comes down to what happens with Georgia and Alabama. Because of Georgia and Alabama, if Alabama beats Georgia, they're both in. And that would leave the committee having to decide an undefeated Cincinnati or if Oklahoma State were to win a one-loss or Big 12 conference champion, that's going to be an interesting conversation for them. Now, if Baylor wins... I, if Baylor wins and Alabama plays them close, then Alabama will get in over Baylor. So it's interesting. I mean, if, if you are tired of seeing Alabama in the playoff, if you're one of those, then you want Oklahoma State, Georgia, Cincinnati, and Michigan all to win, and there it is. That's your playoff. But there's yeah, no man. way Chalk After the season we've had, there's no way Chalk wins. No, I mean, I think there'll be some upsets. I think Baylor over Oklahoma State's a really good bet. Yeah, I wouldn't that be wouldn't surprised. Shock, that wouldn't shock me at all. Uh, what was the score when they played earlier? 24 to 14, Oklahoma State. All right. Uh, I guess at some point I should respect Oklahoma State, but that their I, defense is legit. Points. But so is Baylor's got a good defense. Yeah. Um, I'm looking forward to Georgia, Alabama. Man. Uh, Alabama seems to me to be trending the wrong way heading into this game. Oh, they are. <laughs> they've <laughs> I mean, like they've they, been playing like the Cowboys lately, except somehow they keep winning. Alabama's won three out of their last four games simply because at the end of the day, they have slightly more talent than the other team. 
Well, yeah, that's 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 the feel I get. So I'm I'm looking forward to see what happens to them against a team that's stacked and ready to go and playing great. Yeah, I am too, man. Because that's going to be a fun one and. We'll see. We'll see how it goes. I mean, there's obviously college football all day long, but those are the games that matter. I mean, the other games, who cares? It's it's teams nobody cares about. And if you care about those teams, find a new one. I, I don't know what to tell you. <laughs> You're so cool. <laughs> that's just reality. You know, that's the sad reality of college football. We know how it is. That's why hopefully when they expand the playoff and it sounds more and more like that's picking them up, they, they actually met in Dallas this past week. The playoff committee did. And in, they're all in agreement. They want to expand it. They're just stuck on this idea of do you give automatic bids to, to power five conference winners? Because people like in the Pac-12 are throwing a fit. They want the automatic bid. Of course they do, because they haven't been in the playoff in five years. <laughs> Yeah, I mean that's 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 the way it's going to go. But I think um, I like automatic bids uh, for some for you know some um, division. Much like much like college basketball, man. Yeah, I have no problem with that. If if you so want to say that, champ, yeah, the automatic bid, and you know, then you got some at large. And if you didn't win the tournament, shut up. Yeah, I mean to me, it's like okay, that means five Power Five conference champions get in. Uh, you won your conference, and, and I think if you map it out, you say, look, win a conference, win a Power 5 conference, you qualify for the playoff regardless. Yeah, okay, cool, okay, you're in. And then the other seven are at large. And you yeah. say, all right, we're going to take the, the highest-ranked group of five team or maybe the two highest-ranked group of five teams, and then we're going to have five at-large teams from the other conferences, and we're going to do it that whatever. Everybody seems to have figured this out at every level of college football except one. Yeah, the it guys who vote on it. Yeah, it ain't that complicated, man. <laughs> it's just not. I refuse to believe that it is. You wouldn't think that it is, man, but my God. So hopefully they'll figure this out. But all right, that's it for us. Up late tonight after the Cowboys game. Appreciate you guys so much. And I, I, I have to say, just for a moment, that it's really cool. And I guess Spotify is the only thing that does this. But many of you, I mean, I'm actually blown away by how many of you have tweeted at us the screenshots of, I, I guess Spotify does at the end of the year, your most listened to whatever. And right. so many of you have screenshotted us, your, your podcast that you've been listening to this year and jam session is number one. And that is, <laughs> that's just really awesome to see, man. You know, when the first couple people did, it, I was like, oh, okay, that's cool. That's cool. And then several other people was like, man, that's that's really awesome. How many of you have made us an everyday part of what you do? That That's just I don't even know how to thank you. I mean, that's awesome. Nah, it's fantastic, man. And, it, uh, you know, I always look at it much like a uh, when we're talking about Blue Star Motor Group, man. It's a win win situation. We appreciate them listening and uh, giving us their time. And then in turn, you know, we try to put a good show together for them. Um, and I think when you when you have the audience in mind and you cater to the audience, much like you cater to your woman, it all works out, bro. It does. And we really, really appreciate you guys. Your support in this last little over a year and especially here in 2021 has been badass and really appreciate you guys spreading it and, and keep doing it. I, I know that we mentioned this from time to time. It really does help, guys. When you retreat, retreat, retweet. <laughs> Which kind of is a treat when you retweet. It's a treat for everybody that follows you. When you do those little previews and I put those out and you retweet them and everything and people see that. And, you know, you can tell we've been growing this. And that's a testament to all you guys that listen because you're the ones that are out there telling people about it and helping to grow it. And we really, really appreciate that effort. And we're going to leave you on this note as Michael tweets in, Michael Muhammad 
did Coach McCarthy lose his job moving forward after Dan Quinn's performance? And yeah, yeah, I'd, I'd be shocked if they don't fire McCarthy tomorrow and, and, and move forward with Quinn as a full-time head coach. We'll talk to you next time. Thanks for listening to the Jam Session Podcast. Make sure to find us on Instagram at Jam Session Cast. Of course, you can also find us on Twitter at McMatt Radio and at JJT underscore journalist. Our podcast is sponsored by Greening Law, a personal injury law firm in Dallas, Texas. Greening Law fights the legal battle so you'll have time for healing and renewal. Give them a call at 972-934-8900. Greening Law, Office, Dallas, Texas. Also brought to you by Hector Flores with Modern Woodman of America. Let him help you secure your family's future. You can give him a call at 940-453-3490. As always, thanks to Purple Elephant Music for the music you hear at the end and the beginning of each episode. He, of course, is the radio, TV, and now podcast star, the sexy Jean-Jacques Taylor. And me, I'm just a guy, Matt McLaren. We'll catch you next time right here on the Jam Session Podcast, available everywhere you listen to podcasts.